What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time to go over every game, talk about the running backs I'd be starting and sitting this week. Only two teams on by this week, which means you have 15 games to go over today. So, we will start things off with the Thursday night game, Ravens at Bucks. This game has an average 45-point total, Ravens 1.5-point road favorites. For the Ravens, Dobbins placed on the IR, Gus Edwards able to return last week. That resulted in a three-running back committee, and as we talk about, effectively a four-running back committee when you throw in Lamar between Gus, Hill, Drake, and of course Lamar, as alluded to before. Gus played the most. He got 23 snaps, though it was pretty closely followed by Hill with 20, Drake with 17. Then the touch splits were 16 for Gus, 5 for Hill, 12 for Kenyon Drake. That's a split we should like roughly expect in winning game scripts with Hill taking a little bit of work from both Gus and Drake when they're trailing. This week, I wouldn't say the game script is really locked in. Again, it's a one and a half point spread, so either team could pull away. The guess is, I mean, the spread is leaning towards Baltimore. Tampa Bay looked terrible last week. Like, you know, it would make sense that Baltimore would be winning in this spot. But at the very least, I would say, unless I guess we get news that like Mark Andrews and Bateman are both not playing, right? Because they're coming off injury. It's a short week. Like, unless that happens, like if they're both active, I would say it's relatively unlikely that Tampa Bay like blows out Baltimore and we get like a Justice Hill game where he's the only running back playing. Like I would think in general, worst cases, it's still a relatively close game for Baltimore. So we should just expect a generic game plan from the Ravens, something they just typically want to run it. Now, I want to caution just a little bit. Right now, I have Gus as like a like a low-end running back too, kind of like a flex play in that general range. Definitely need to touch down to pay off. I just want people to not overreact to last week, seeing the two touchdowns, being like, you know, he's going to score twice every week. He's getting all these touches. Baltimore did run the ball 43 times last week. They threw it 16 times. That is 73% runs on the season. They're below 50%. Like, it's just, it was a game that they don't typically have. We know they can have these games, but they don't all the time. Like, they're not going to run the ball 73% of the time on the season. If it wasn't for the fourth and one touchdown run by Gus on a drive where he had zero touches on the entire drive, before that, he would have had 15 carries, zero receptions in a game where they ran the ball a billion times, right? That's not a huge opportunity split. So I like Gus. He's going to be efficient in this offense. He's a good running back, but there are like 20 running backs that project for more carries than him. Pretty much all running backs project for more targets. And so all of this is to say it's Baltimore. Again, they could run the ball again that much. They could score four rushing touchdowns. Even running back getting seven carries in this offense could end up being viable. Just understand you need the touchdown. With Gus, if he doesn't, he's probably only going to score five, six, maybe seven full PPR points. But since he's got a good chance of scoring, again, like low end two, and I wouldn't really play uh, any of the other Baltimore running backs. For the Bucks, Fournette is definitely losing some work to Rashad White, but he still has over 73% of the team's carries. He's got a massive role in the red zone. He's got a nice 13.5% target share, so he's contributing in all areas. He still has plenty of upside, still a solid floor. 
The Bucks could also be without Gage and Julio in this game, which means, you know, they're obviously going to lean on Evans and Godwin, but like Evans, Godwin, and the running backs might be just like the central core of this game. And so especially if the Bucks are trailing, we could see, you know, receptions really pile up for these running backs. I would say it's Leonard Fournette. Until White gets, you know, a much larger share of the offense, you're still just playing him as a running back too. And then White... Probably the highest upside handcuff in the NFL right now. Uh, and maybe if you're in like a deeper full PPR league, you use him as like a desperation running back too. But for the most part, keep him on the bench as a very high upside pick. Sunday. Start the Sunday games with a 9.30 Eastern kickoff. Please remember this week we're going back to London. There is a London game. Make sure you either set your alarm or are totally fine having played someone who's a surprise inactive Uh, It's going to be Broncos at Jaguars. I would say the only one we're expecting right now is Wilson. We just don't know if he's going to play or not. I don't think anyone else in this game is like, you know, an Alvin Kamara situation in the past. that's like actually at risk of missing. But, you know, be safe. Set your alarm. Wake up in time. Uh, This game is the only one in the week where we're sending the only game of the week with below a 40-point total to London. So nice of us to do that. And then the Jaguars are two-and-a-half-point home favorites. But honestly, in this one, like you know, it's home favorite because they're in London. But the Jaguars play in London every year. So they're probably going to have more fans than Denver this season, especially you know Denver's thing. So why would there be uh, London fans for Denver? For Denver. Gordon, uh, he got the start. Last week, although it was like, you know, the start, right? We knew he wasn't going to be the feature back. Uh, he turned 11 carries, four targets into 50 scoreless yards. That's like pretty much what you should expect. Relatively inefficient, but not, you know, the end of the world. Uh, but it's not like Murray did any better. He turned 11 opportunities into 23 yards. Uh, this is just a, a dreadful offense. There's no real sign of their production improving. So I would just say, like, just stay away from the Denver backfield right now until the team starts to look better, until they're scoring more. We don't really want these running backs in fantasy. Then for the Jaguars, it is a brutal matchup. Like Denver has a very, very strong defense, uh, particularly on the ground. Really just any area, honestly. Like they're just a very, very good defense. Um, but, you know, with, with Robinson being traded away, like I don't think ETN's going to have, you know, 100% of the running back touches. I think they're going to mix some of the running backs in. But it doesn't matter. You're starting Travis ETN every week now. Next up, 1 o'clock games now. Cardinals at Vikings, 49-point total, one of the higher total games of the week. Vikings, 3.5-point home favorites coming off of their bye. Though, this could be an interesting game with both teams having like a good amount of time to prepare. So, obviously, the Vikings have like the full extra week coming off their bye. But the Cardinals played on Thursday night. So, both of these teams are going to have more than a week to rest up, be a little bit more healthy, and properly game plan for this game. So it could be a really, really good game. For the Cardinals, really depends on James Conner. Um, if he's out, just play, you know, Benjamin again. If he plays, though, which I think is the lean right now. I mean, last week, like, he was kind of iffy. Like, it didn't seem like he was going to play, especially uh, with, like, the short week going into Thursday. But he was, like, close enough to where, like, I don't know. I think that this week is probably what they're targeting for a return from him. And so I'd imagine he's good to go. But again, it depends. Again, if he's if he's out playing, you know. But if he does play, I think he's like a, a strong play 
it's going to be really tough because, I mean, Eno's played well. Eno will be used in the passing game. And so, historically, Connor hasn't been that fantastic when the backup is healthy because the passing game role can only be so much for him. And then he's really touchdown reliant. But it's a high total game. The touchdown odds are definitely there. And so I'm thinking if Connor's active and there's no word on like limitations for him, I'm probably going to end up ranking him as like a lower end running back too. And I think you could play him in that spot. And that I would probably not play Eno if Connor's active. Then for the Vikings, always play Dalvin Cook and then just keep stashing uh, Alexander Madison as like a, a very, very high upside handcuff similar to Rashad White. Dolphins at Lions is up next. This is the highest total game of the week at 51 and a half points dolphins three and a half point road favorites for the dolphins this is a dream spot for he mostert he's getting virtually all of the running back carries he now faces a lions defense that's ranked 29th in rush defense dvoa 30th in yards per carry allowed last week we started both ezekiel elliott and tony pollard as running back twos and it worked like this lions defense cannot stop running backs and so Moster is a slam dunk play you're absolutely starting him as a high upside high end running back too he could honestly end up end of the week in my rankings being like a low end running back one and then for Edmonds I don't think this is like a a Tony Pollard situation where we're like he's going to get more touches be more efficient like Edmonds has been really bad he can't catch anything which is weird because that was like his strength Going into the season, just been an awful year for him. I would just keep him on benches if you even have many more. I think he's totally fine to cut. For the Lions, depends on Swift. Obviously, if Swift is out again, play Jamal Williams. If Swift is active, which I think he will be limited all week last week, uh, he was hoping to play, pushing to play, ultimately was inactive. I think give him a whole nother week. He's probably going to play this week. If he plays, definitely play him. And if he's active, I still think you could play Jamal Williams. He definitely would not be like a slam dunk start. But, you know, he'd be like a low-end running back too. We know that this is the highest total game of the week. We know that Jamal Williams will be used at the goal line. He'll still get early down work. And so the touchdown odds are there. The touches will still be there. The receptions won't be. So I guess it's sort of similar to like Gus Edwards. If he doesn't score, it's obviously not going to be fantastic and it's going to be a low floor, but he's got a good chance of scoring. And so I think you could still again play Jamal as a low end running back too. Next up, we've got the Bears at the Cowboys. This game has a low 42 and a half point total. Cowboys nine and a half point home favorites for the Bears. Montgomery has maintained a slight touch lead over Herbert, but Herbert continues to play better and definitely has a chance of stealing more work as we move into the later portion of the season. I'm also concerned about the targets from Montgomery. Like historically, he hasn't needed the carries as much because he's been like a target hog. He's gotten a lot of targets for running back. He only has one target over the last two weeks combined. And it's probably because Fields like is just looking to scramble at a far higher rate than he was in the past. I have Montgomery this week ranked as like a low-end running back too. I have Herbert ranked 33rd right now. So that's like, you know, a super low-end running back too. Maybe someone in the flex, but you probably don't want to play the running back 33 in the flex. It'd be more of just like a low-end running back too. The issue this week is if they're going to basically split that early down work, neither of them are going to get targets anymore. And now they're facing 
you know, a very, very strong Dallas defense, one of the best defenses in the league, both are definitely going to be a bust if they don't score, and the scoring chances are much lower, and we don't really even have a lean as to which one is going to score, because both have been used near the goal line, both are good in that area, so, you know, pretty tough to play either of them, low-end running back too if you really need to, but I'm not in love with either totally fine benching both of them. Then for Dallas, uh, this is not the Lions defense, so we can't just jam both of them in the lineups, but... Zeke should have, you know, around 15 to 17 opportunities most weeks. He's got the best chance of scoring between these two running backs. I think he's totally viable at running back two. Then Pollard, especially, you know, at home in a really good uh, game environment. For them, at least. They have a high total. For Pollard, you know, take those touches, bump it down a little bit. Probably in that, like, 11 to 14 range. Um lower end running back two. I'm at 28 right now. So, you know, a slightly worse play than Zeke. But if you had to, right, you went wide receiver heavy, you've got maybe you did some trades, you've got, you know, upgraded at tight end and quarterback. And you're like, well, running back two isn't looking that great. You know, Pollard is not the worst play. If he's going to get 11 to 14 opportunities, a chance of scoring, he's a really good player. You know, he's still going to get some fantasy points. It's not a terrible play by any means. Raiders at Saints. Up next, this game is another high total game. Uh, we've got a few high total games this week, which is nice. It's a nice difference from what we've seen so far this season. 49 and a half points. Raiders, two point home favorites. Easy one to break down. Raiders always start Josh Jacobs. Saints always start Alvin Kamara. Cardinals at Falcons is up next. Back to the low total games. This one's sitting at 42. Falcons, four and a half point home favorites. The Panthers. All depends on the status of Chuba Hubbard. Uh, the report that came out last week was that like he could have gone back into the game if he was needed. It wasn't needed because they blew out the Bucks, uh, and you know he was injured later in the game. There was just no need to bring him back in. But sometimes that's true. Like like that doesn't have to be false for him to not be active this week like sometimes that's absolutely accurate and then in the days after the game the ankle swells up a little bit they're not able to practice and they hold them out for a week to get them healthy so you know could still miss watch practice reports i'll see what happens uh on wednesday after recording this you guys will know what happens but thursday and friday are like the really big days as far as that if he's limited all week he'll probably end up playing uh but watch this one right if chuba is out foreman's like a really good play at running back too uh against you know pretty below average Falcons run defense as, you know, one of the central pieces they'll need in the game because they don't have very good talent anywhere else besides DJ Moore, obviously. But if Chuba plays, now we're looking at close to like a 50-50 split. Uh, Both are going to grade out probably in that like late 20s to early 30s for running backs in that like 28 to 35 sort of range where everyone's projected very similarly, but not great. Um, Again, they looked fantastic against the Bucs last week, but this is still the Panthers. They are one of the worst, if not the worst, offenses in the NFL. They're not a good team. Split backfield, on the road, underdogs. Like It's not a good spot. So if one of them is active, which would be Foreman, great play. If both are active, very, very low end running back twos. For the Falcons... Similar story. I mean, Algier scored last week, and so even with the touchdown, he was up to 11 full PPR points, which is still not even that fantastic in full PPR. Gets better as you work down towards standard. Uh, But, like, 
you know, you look at the last three weeks, Algier Huntley have a combined zero targets, not even one target for both of them over the last three weeks. That's a low floor. You absolutely have to score a touchdown, even like last week, Algier scored, they still had 11 full PPR points. So in full PPR, both are not fantastic. In standard, you could look to Algier because he's going to have, you know, in that like 15, 16 carry uh, range, but, you know, I would not feel great about either of them in non-standard formats. Patriots at Jets is up next. Very low. 40.5 point total. Patriots 1.5 point road favorites. For the Patriots, Stevenson maintained a pretty clear lead in the Patriots backfield this last week, even with Harris returning. Though, one caution is we don't know 100% how much it was first week back from Harris combined with a negative game script for like pretty much the entire game. There's a very small amount of time where they took the lead and it was kind of close, but for the most part and for most of his production, they were trailing. And we know that those are Stevenson games when they're trailing. So could it be that in a more neutral game, which we're projecting this to kind of be this week, that maybe Stevenson gets fewer targets, that Harris gets more work because they're running the ball more? Maybe. Um, Overall, we're just not expecting a fantastic game environment here. You've got a Patriots defense traveling on the road. They are one and a half point favorites, but the Jets have a strong defense overall. Uh, And even on the Jets side, like they lost Brees Hall. They're obviously not a fantastic offense. And so game environment, we're probably going to see a lot of punts. We could see like a 20 to 17 game. We could see like two to three total touchdowns amongst both teams and so in those sorts of games a lot of people who were on the fringes aren't really going to end up being that great in fantasy so I definitely think you're playing Stevenson Uh, that reception upside is there the touchdown upside is there and he's a really good player and their favorite so I think you're playing him just understand that the floor is relatively low for players in this offense because the game environment won't be that great. And then I would just leave Harris on benches. Like we can make excuses for him last week, but until we see him used again, I don't really want to go there. For the Jets, of course, alluded to, they lost Brees Hall for the season. So the backfield is now Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and newly acquired James Robinson. I doubt this week that Robinson is going to have like a large role on the offense. So I would expect Carter to be the lead back to get some passing down work to be the lead on early downs and at the goal line. As I said before, not a great game environment, but I think that just makes Carter alone running back too. I would bench both the other running backs this week and then expect Robinson the next week to mix in a little bit more. I think he's going to get work like they're gonna play Robinson it's just like it's not like they traded for you know a player who was dominating the season like he was still playing poorly it's his first week for them to just go right into using him 60% of the plays I'd be surprised I think he'll play again but not enough to make Carter like a bad play next up Steelers and Eagles this game is a 43 and a half point total Eagles 10 and a half point home favorites coming off of their bye not a great spot for the Steelers Najee also has been bad. So even if it was a good spot, Najee hasn't been very good this season. I wish they would give Jalen Warren a little bit more work, but they haven't been, especially recently. I mean, Najee's out-touched Warren 36-6 to in the last two weeks. So Najee's probably going to get around 16, 17 touches. But given the matchup, given the scoring chances for anyone on Pittsburgh this week, 
He only grades out as a running back 25, and I could absolutely see you having two better running back options that you like more, plus a wide receiver you want more in the flex. Like, I could definitely see that happening, and I would be totally fine benching Najee this week. I mean, the Eagles are such a good defense, especially coming off of their bye. Then for the Eagles, uh, Pittsburgh does have a strong run defense, but the Eagles are 10.5-point home favorites. Like I said, they're coming off their bye. They have an elite offensive line. Like, you're, you're just playing Miles Sanders this week. Four o'clock games kick off with Titans at Texans. Low, 40.5-point total. Titans, two-point road favorites. The Titans always start Derrick Henry. For the Texans, always start Damian Pierce. Know that this is a brutal matchup. Not a good spot for the Texans, but you just have to play Pierce. He's their best player. He's getting a billion touches. You got to play him. Next up, Giants at Seahawks. 45-point total. Seahawks, three-point home favorites. And what do you know? Another easy one for us to break down. Giants always start Saquon. Seahawks always start Ken Walker. 49ers at Rams is up next. This game has a 43-point total. 49ers, one-and-a-half-point road favorites. For the 49ers, McCaffrey handled eight touches, or actually eight carries, excuse me, eight carries, two targets, caught both of them in 22 snaps last week. So he had 10 touches on 22 snaps. That's a really good opportunity share. Obviously, not going to be that high when he's playing 100% of snaps, but, you know, that's good that they're using him that much. Uh, and that was two days after learning the playbook and effectively like one practice and a walkthrough. So give him an entire week. I would think he's up to like 60, 70% of the snaps. I would imagine those 10 touches creep a lot closer to 20. And I'm thinking, you know, if he improves at all, I mean, he was almost a start last week with 10 touches. If he's getting closer to 20, must start. You got to play McCaffrey, I think, this week. And given that expected increase, it makes all the other running, other running backs just like not viable. You can't play Jeff Wilson, Davis Price, any of them this week. For the Rams, uh, this one is a bit of a wild card. So Henderson will probably be the lead back, but Kyron Williams was supposed to have a role in week one before getting injured. And the team has historically not really trusted Henderson. I'm very interested to see if we get any reports later in the week, but I'm expecting Williams to have a larger role than a lot of people assume, which will obviously come at the expense of Henderson. However, as it stands, I can't really know how big of a role that'll be right now. We have no reports yet, and the 49ers are obviously like an incredible defense. They're a really, really good run defense in particular, so my lean is to bench all Rams running backs with the hope because we've been stashing Kyron Williams. The hope is Williams looks good. Using the passing game, has a larger role, maybe even overtakes Henderson. Like that's just the hope. And that in the future, we can play him. Uh, but I'll adjust the rankings like according to any news we get. My guess, though, is both of them aren't going to be like fantastic plays this week. And so I'd probably bench both of them. Next up, Commanders at Colts. Low, 40-point total. Colts, three-point home favorites. This game will feature... Taylor Heineke versus Sam Eilinger, uh, which definitely adds a little bit of variance to the outcome, right? Like these are two quarterbacks that, you know, likely neither of them are all that good, uh, but we've seen Heineke play well in the past and hey, Sam played awesome in the preseason. So could this be a better game? Probably not, but maybe it is. I don't know. A little bit of variance here at least. And it's not like Sam can play that much worse than Matt Ryan has been for the commanders. Brian Robinson had 
20 carries and two targets last week, maintaining his lead over Antonio Gibson in like overall touches. But Gibson continues to look better. I don't 100% know. Like Gibson honestly is like a player that you kind of expect to look fantastic on limited touches. But it does seem like every time you give him a lot of touches, he doesn't look as good and he like breaks down a little bit. So maybe they are looking at this like, hey, we know Gibson looks good. He always looks good on limited touches. Maybe they want to keep him, you know, in that sort of role uh, and like keep him explosive, keep him looking good, and then use Brian Robinson as more of that like early down grinder. Grosser fantasy both ways, but you know, maybe that's kind of what we expect. But you could also look at that and say, well, Gibson's been great. We should expect closer to like a 50-50 split soon. Uh, as of right now, Robinson's still the one you want more, but it's not by a lot. And neither one of them is like a super strong play, especially against the Colts run defense that ranks eighth in rush defense DVOA, fourth in yards per carry allowed. I have Brian Robinson in a league where I drafted Javante Williams. So he's done. I drafted AJ Dillon. He's done, right? Not for the year, but like I'm not starting him, obviously. And I have two flex spots. So I have to fill in two other running backs. Plus, I have two flex spots. Right now, Robinson is in that second flex spot this week. I definitely do not feel fantastic about that. And there's still a chance he could be benched. So not in love with it. But right now, Robinson and running back 30. Gibson and running back 35. For the Colts, always start Jonathan Taylor. The hope is Eilinger can like breathe some life into this Colts offense. And the odds are they're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully, they look better this week. Sunday night game. It's going to be Packers at Bills. 47.5 point total. Bills, 10.5 point home favorites. Not the spread that the NFL figured it was going to see when they made this the Sunday night game. For the Packers, the Bills, uh, they have an incredible defense. They're playing at home. They're coming off the bye. Like, this is an awful spot for any Packers player. I think you just have to start Aaron Jones every week. We saw last week, even in a game where the offense is bad. I mean, he was what, like a top three running back play? Like, he's just really good. They need to use him more. He's awesome. Play him. But understand, obviously, this is a terrible spot. And so the floor is definitely low. And then, as I said before, you cannot play AJ Dillon. For the Bills, um, classic Devin Singletary game. We talked about this earlier in the week. Like, when they've got these opponents that they very much respect, they know even a 10.5 point, like, favorites. They know that this is Aaron Rodgers. They know this is the Packers. They know that they're going to come out firing. There is a chance that this game is very competitive, even though the spread is so large. And so this is a game where they're probably going to lean on Devin Singletary, at least until you know they're up by a good amount. He'll have receptions. He'll have touchdown upside. I know Josh Allen has like 100% of their touchdowns so far this season, but there's at least a chance he catches or runs for a touchdown. But the real appeal with Singletary is like in these sorts of games, he could rack up five or six receptions, could get to 60, 70 rushing yards. And at that point, he's already, you know, a pretty solid start even without the touchdown. So I think Singletary is a running back too this week. And then watch James Cook. Um, not a lock that all rookies coming off the bye are going to get that like post buy bump. But a lot of them do. And so there's a chance that, you know, James Cook goes out there. He's used more in the passing game, used more overall, especially if the game starts to blow out. Um, you can't trust him unless you're in like a 16-team league, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Let's see what happens with him this week. The Monday night game is going to be Bengals at Browns, 47-point total, Bengals 3.5-point road favorites. For the Bengals, uh, I know he hasn't been great, but, you know, you got to start Joe Mixon. He's a favorite. 
the offense is starting to click. Poor run defense. Like just just play Joe Mixon this week. Then for the Browns, always start Nick Chubb. Hunt is on the fringes, and he hasn't been great recently. Definitely got saved last week with the touchdown. Uh, he's only got five and seven touches over the last two weeks. But, you know, there's at least a chance that this is more of a trailing game script. Uh, they've had that in the past, and they haven't gone to him this season, which is a little bit weird. But you have to think, if he's going to keep playing, like, 45% of the snaps, the Bengals have been rolling. So there's definitely a chance that the Bengals get up quickly force the Browns to throw it. There is a chance that Kareem Hunt can rack up four or five receptions, can get in that like six to seven carry range, can score a touchdown and ends up, you know, posting like a top 15 running back week. Uh, I don't feel confident in him, especially like I said, five and seven touches over the last two weeks. That's not great. But if you need to, as a low end running back to go to Kareem Hunt, I think it's fine just because of the game environment. So that'll do it for the week eight running back starts and sits. Full rankings and detailed projections are up on the website. So take a look at those if you have not done so already. I'll be back tomorrow to go over wide receiver starts and sits. Saturday to go over my favorite plays of the week. That, my friends, is into this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.